Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we have 6A basketball to break down. Yes, sir, we do. And we're omitting the pleasantries to jump right into it. Class 6A, we're going to start at the top. Number one, Wheeler, they are reclassified into 6A after winning the championship in 7A last year. And they jump right into a packed region. Region 6 is well represented in the Class 6A top 10 with four of their teams. Number one, Wheeler. Number three, Kell. Number seven, Alatuna. And number eight, South Cobb, uh, opening the season in the top 10. And of course, number nine, Chattahoochee who won their first state championship in school history last year. They opened at number nine, returning A.J. White, but losing um, the rest of their supporting cast, essentially. So, Kyle, Class 6A, maybe it'll be competitive. Maybe there'll be a lot of movement, like in years past. What do we see happening? Yeah, I think, again, uh, as it has been in previous seasons, I think Class 6A, while it may not be as, you know, powerful top heavy like 7a is there's not a a milton or a grayson on paper in class 6a but if you're talking about depth and competitiveness uh class 6a is the best there is um wheeler like you mentioned they will open at number one uh isaiah collier comes back after that broken shoulder he's looked good over the summer jaheem hudson uh anchors that defense i think he was probably you know outside of sam hines was the most important player for wheeler last year just with how he could control the paint and then max harris is back and you know of course they add caleb washington a six foot eight four-star wing from pebble brook cam johnson an all-region guard comes over from harrison i've been told that amir green jones is supposed to be coming over from walnut grove um, so there's, you know, they're, they're loaded this year. I think on paper Wheeler is better this year than they were last year. Now it just depends on, do they have a, uh, a, a, a star, a leader like Sam Hines, who just would refuse to lose games last year, especially in the postseason, and just carried them to victory. But outside of Wheeler, um, things have really shifted around. And, you know, recently we just saw, uh, you know, South Cobb was supposed to be opening up very very high right behind wheeler uh, but instead they're opening up at number eight because zako littleton transferred in late uh october and he follows his assistant coach uh, demarcus lakes over to osborne osborne has not been a winning team they have not had a winning season since i think 2013-14 so that is that is very very strange and you know what are you going to do about it? You know, it, it is what it is. South Cobb has more than enough talent to, uh, you know, kind of replace him. But it is strange to see uh, a star player like that who's finally ready to be the go-to guy on a state championship caliber team jump ship for a program that has not been good for a long time. Uh, so that kind of shifted things around and, and moved some other guys up. But uh, Wheeler, the team to beat just with, you know, Larry Thompson is such a great coach and he plays inside out, which you do not see often anymore, inside out offensively and has such a great foundation defensively. Um, that team is always super tough to score on whichever team uh, coach Thompson is coaching. So Wheeler is going to be the team to beat. Um, I know you mentioned region six is just going to be crazy all throughout. You're looking at I see one, two, three, four, five teams, five teams that could have designs on making it into the postseason. 
you got Wheeler, you have South Cobb, you have Kale, obviously, with Scoot Henderson and, and some new faces here and there. And then Alatoona is really, really good, and that's a team that's loaded with seniors. But that fifth team, Pope. Pope was 21-8 and last year. I know they lose Ross Shepard, six foot six inside, but Will Kulker, the senior, is the best passer in the state of Georgia. He's not the flashiest passer, but he is hands down the best passer, and he averaged over 16 points and eight assists per game. He's a real deal, and he's got Cam Blashoy inside who can catch his passes and finish down low. So whoever gets left out of the 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 you know a state playoff bid in Region Six, it's going to be very bitter bittersweet for them because that's going to be a team that more than likely would have made the state playoffs in any other region but you know all our focuses will be focused on uh reading six throughout the year and just seeing the jockeying for that top seed and then come region tournament time uh just seeing who is the uh you know able to survive the survival of the fittest and be able to uh make it into the state tournament where they will be more than battle tested Let's jump in between the teams in Region uh, in Class Six, excuse me, who aren't in Region Six. Number two, Heritage Conyers finished the season nineteen and eleven and four and six in Region Three. Tough time in the region last year, uh, losing to the eventual state champions Chattahoochee in the Sweet Sixteen. But they return um, James White and R.J. Nord, who combined average over forty-four points per game last year. Lanier, number four. Um, forced four overtime games in the state tournament. We were talking about how competitive 6A was. There you go. Lanier, um, they finally fell in overtime to the state champions in the championship. And then, of course, Buford moves up from 5A to 6A. Buford, a legendary program. They're coming in at number five, Kyle. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of great basketball outside of Region 6. Um, Heritage, like you said, on paper, they they have what it takes to make a deep run uh, with Nord and James White, and then they have those key pieces on the side. Courtney McBride, if he's still playing, he's a, a you know a physical presence. Florida Atlantic football commit. You got Jalen Boston, you got Dash Boston, and Jalen Tatum's over there as well now. So you're looking at a team that really has a lot coming back. Um, played uh, Chattahoochee really tight, like you mentioned. Uh, so that's a team that has designs on the deep run. Um, Lanier, uh, Andrew McConnell going to James Madison. He, uh, is going to be able to carry the load this year. Uh, it's going to be, uh, interesting to see what he gets out of his supporting cast. Uh, and you know, that's, that's going to be Makai Vassell, a six foot six wing player. If he has a really good season that could really lift Lanier to, uh, another level. If he just has a, a solid average season and can't really take his game to the next level, then you're probably going to see Lanier sit in that middle, middle of the pack and still have a good season, but might not be able to contend for a state championship. Um, Buford, Eddie Martin is a wizard coach. Um, again, he's losing a lot, but I think Jalen Taylor is ready to take the next step and really become a household name, really become an all state level player. Uh, I just with you know, six foot six, can shoot the ball exceptionally well, is a great defender. I think he could uh, put that team on his back and go very far. Um, Douglas County got bit by the transfer bug, but I think Douglas County, who is um, one of my dark horses, and I'll touch on some more dark horses in a second if you uh, remind me to, Rami, uh, but with Amarion Smith, the best pound-for-pound pound pound shot blocker and rebounder the state of Georgia has to offer, uh, Amari Fontenot, joins Marion Smith and then Mike Kennard, a six foot six junior that 
has shown some signs over the offseason of being able to really come into his own and, and help out Hollis Bethea offensively and uh, defensively. And then, you know, Chattahoochee, they, they graduate a lot around A.J. White. He's going to have a, a lot on his plate to get that team back to where they want to go. And then Richmond Hill um, down on the coast. Braden Baker is good. And I think Jaden Marshall is going to really turn a lot of heads with his physical approach, his downhill style as a 6'3 guard. You put number six, Douglas County, and Dark Horse in the same sentence. Carlos, someone argued a Dark Horse is not in the top ten, but I'm not here to argue with you in any case. What are some other Dark Horses we have in Class 6A? So I'm glad you said that because sometimes Dark Horses are a Dark Horse considering that the number one team in the state is such a heavy favorite. Anybody else is really a Dark Horse if they're not ranked number two or number three. So that's my thinking there. But I do have some Dark Horses that are out of the top ten. And I'm looking at a 17 and 12 team from a year ago, Winder Barrow. They got six foot 11 Isaiah Nelson Odoa, who has a chance to be a great college player. I think he is far from his potential, but you know I might even go off as far as saying that he might have a better future than Ryan Matumbo, just because he can shoot the three. He's very mobile. He blocks a ton of shots. Now he's got to get a lot stronger. Uh, but this is a guy that can have, you know, can score out of the low post on turnaround jumpers. Uh, he's got a quick spin base on. I think he's going to do a lot and really anchor that team. I think consider you have Wyatt Fricks, who transfers in um, from Mountain View a season ago. As long as he stays healthy, that's another guy that can give you, uh, you know, close to 14 points, 15 points, and seven rebounds per game. Six foot eight on the wing, uh, deceptively a very good athlete that plays above the rim, can shoot the three. Uh, so you're looking at six foot eight and six foot eleven right there. Both guys that aren't just anchored on the block, guys that can play on the wing, can stretch the four, can shoot the three. Uh, Going to be a ton of mismatches that Wander Barrow can expose. And, and my other uh, sleeper team, dark horse team, team that was only twelve and fourteen a year ago, but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they they came out and they ended up winning Region Seven because on paper they have all the positions filled and all the talent needed to take a deep run, and that's Centennial. You're looking at Logan Turner, who's had high major offers since it feels like he was a sophomore. Uh, Wade Cole is a very solid six foot seven post presence, nice baby hook, can protect the rim, and he can step outside and shoot the three, so that's a, a diverse offensive skill set right there. Uh, Mansur Williamson, uh, a sophomore who's really, really good, a guy that stuffs the stat sheet, does a little bit of everything, plays with some, um, some spunk, um, you're looking at a 6'4", 6'5", guard, and Kyle Duncan that can play one through three, one through four in a pinch if needed. Very dynamic and versatile. Just does, again, a little bit of everything. A Swiss Army Knife type player who has his best, best basketball ahead of him in college. Um, so he's going to be a, a great steal for whatever program gets him. And then K.J. Spoony is a good athlete that plays football and basketball. So you're looking at five really good players that have a lot of experience. I think Centennial, Coach Barksdale, they have a shot to make some noise in Region 7, and that's a really good dark horse to keep, a, keep an eye on as the season approaches. Kyle, we've discussed a lot of transfers just in common parlance here, but what is a single one or two or a couple um, transfers that will have the biggest impact on an individual level? Well, shoot, you know, I think we already touched on it. Um, Wheeler with those transfers coming in, but uh, I think the biggest one, the biggest surprise was Zaka Littleton leaving South Cobb. 
Uh, that's 15 points per game right there. That's a, a three-star prospect that is jumping ship to follow his assistant coach from last year to Osborne, and that really changes things. Now, does that make Osborne a, uh, a, a automatically a, a contender to make the state tournament in that very difficult Region 6, a team that was 8-18 eight and 18 last year and graduated uh, their three best players? Certainly not, unless a lot of other players are transferring in there. I don't see Osborne having enough to, you know, even finish top four, top five in this region. Unless Zocco takes his game to just a, a whole crazy level and puts in 20-plus, 20 25 points per game, I just don't see Osborne being able um, to compete and being able to get into the state tournament. But with that being said, what that does do in Region 6, it makes Region 6 that much deeper and that much more difficult. Now, where as you were looking at an Osborne team that might have been, okay, this is a, a game where we could kind of pencil in a win here. Not anymore. Now they have star power, and now they have one of the best players in the entire region, and you're looking at Alatuna, you're looking at Kell, you're looking at Osborne with a star now, you're looking at Pope, you're looking at South Cobb, you're looking at Wheeler. That's six teams that have great individual talent on their rosters, and they can really, you know, they can come up and bite you if you're not ready, and they can get you on one of those Tuesday night games. So, that's a big transfer that just I keep coming back to is Zocco Littleton heading to Osborne. And with that call, we'll move over to the ladies' side of Class 6A. At the top, Westlake, number one. Uh, I don't think many people are surprised there. Number two, Buford, Carrollton, Langston Hughes, and Kell round out your top five. And again, we see a lot of the effects of the reclassification teams moving up from 5A and uh, dropping from 7A. It's going to change things. Oh, man. Class 6A girls basketball is hands down by far the, the, the toughest, toughest classification in the state uh, by a long shot. You're looking at two defending state champions in Westlake, number one Westlake and number two Buford. And mind you, Westlake has won 78 straight games against teams from Georgia. Um, you're looking at Buford, who's won, what is it, four-time defending state champs. Uh, so you're looking at a team looking to uh, – a team looking to four Pete in Westlake. You're looking at a team in Buford looking to five Pete. Um, and then you have two state runner-ups uh, in uh, you're looking at Kell, who lost in the state championship last year. Um, and then you're looking at another team uh, that ended up losing as well in the state championship game. Uh, so it's just it's it, it's 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 loaded. It is it is scary with how with how good. Um, class six that is, but you know, it really starts with Westlake Raven Johnson, the South Carolina commit. I think he's like top two player in the nation. She's never lost a game in, in the state of Georgia. Um, and they got, they got a lot coming back as well with her tonight. Latson, um, you got Snoop Turnage, who's going to Virginia tech as a defensive ace as a six, two wing. Um, now they, they lose some pieces, Carly Hooks at ETSU now. You lose six foot five space eater Lydia Freeman, who was just unguardable when they got the ball into her deep, who's at Georgia Southern. And um, you lose Olympia Cheney, who transferred to Forest Park, a three point shooter. So there are, I guess, a, a couple holes here and there. But um, Westlake has so much talent, they're going to be able to, to fill them in. And I think Messiah uh, um, McKinney is going to be one. To keep an eye on the senior, six foot inside. She's really tough, scores with either hand, very physical. I think she's going to be one that can really uh, fit in and slide in for Lydia Freeman and, and earn some big minutes. 
And then you're looking at Buford. Buford has just so much young talent coming up through the pipeline. They return, um, they lose just two seniors, but they return pretty much everybody. Shia Willis runs the point, going to Georgia uh, College. Blair Wallace, a great shooter. Tamori Planton, six foot inside. Tatum Osmond's really good. Sarah Vitti's a good role player. Um, but the young players are what could take them, um, not take them to the next level because obviously they're the pinnacle, uh, but could help them compete against a team like Westlake. You're looking at uh, Olivia Orsley. I really like what she can become, a six-foot wing that moves really well, plays inside and out. I think she has a great future. Uh, and then you got freshman uh, Jayla Goods, uh, Alyssa Green, and then Ava Watson is a five foot eight combo guard who shoots the ball really well, handles the ball great. She already has an Alabama offer before even playing a varsity game. So there's a lot of talent between Westlake and Buford. And it looks like Westlake with all the veterans, and now you're looking at Buford, who has veterans but has a mixture of young talent as well. Uh, those are two teams that, uh, again, I haven't looked at how the bracket lines up, but that's a state championship matchup right there between Westlake and Buford. And we talked about this a bit, I think, in 7A, Kyle. Um, is there going to be a large drop-off between the top two and everybody else chasing them? Oh, gosh. It, it's it's tough to say. I mean, Carrollton is... Carrollton's tremendous as well. Damari Flanoy going to Vanderbilt. She is she's elite. She can just go crazy from the three-point line, does everything. She's back. Kanaja Daniels back, a five foot eleven sophomore who averaged close to 14 points and seven rebounds. So they have pretty much everybody back. And you know, the key piece that's coming back that missed her entire uh, sophomore season after tearing her ACL in a preseason scrimmage is Kende Abusoy. Um, she is a complete, just dynamic guard, super quick, scores the ball. Uh, the lefty is just gets the job done all over the place. So, I mean, Carrollton hasn't been able to beat Buford in previous matchups, but I mean, if you're looking at Westlake and Buford being one and two, I mean, Carrollton is. Uh, a number three seed, but that's a number three seed or a number three ranked team that could probably be ranked number one in almost any other classification, maybe outside of class seven, eight. That's how good I think Carrollton is. And, you know, outside of them, Langston Hughes is really tough. They got a really good core that comes back to Mia Stargell, Demisha Kane, Autumn Phillips is a good playmaker. Uh, Raven Thompson is a, a inside-out threat, and then they got some size inside to help rebound. Um, but yeah, I think Westlake and Buford are above everybody else. I think Carrollton is right there, really close. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'd be able to compete with Westlake, but I know they could compete with Buford and give them a, a, a you know, a run for their money. And then the, you know, a team that I had in that, you know, even higher, but. Number five, Kale, um, with all those, you know, sophomores coming back. Crystal Henderson is one of the best players in the state of Georgia. She's just outstanding. She can light it up, average over 18 points, four rebounds, five assists, close to four steals per game. But she loses her running mate, and, it, you know, it's really sad. Uh, she loses five foot nine sophomore Jamea Gregory. Um, sounds like she's going to be done for her career. Uh, I know she posted on her Instagram on September 4th 
that you know she has a heart condition that's going to prevent her from ever playing basketball again so that's really devastating because she was you know she was getting better and better and better in the off season and she can really uh, affect games just with her athleticism I mean she's a girl that can you know play above the rim really I mean she was just tremendous and could fly around the court and was getting better and was handling a lot of ball handling duties in the offseason. So that really, really hurts Kel a lot from a basketball side of things. And without her, I mean, I just Kel's not going to be able to compete with the the Westlakes and Bufords, I don't think. But I think Kel's going to be really, really good. But losing that that ace in their back pocket is just a just a tremendous athlete that can match up with anybody and play bigger than her size. I think that's going to really hurt them as they get deep into the postseason. And Kyle, as is tradition, what are your dark horses on the girls' side of Class 6A? Um, And I would dark horse Sprayberry. Sprayberry, again, not, you know, you can't really say it's too much of a dark horse. They open up at number six, but we saw what they did last year. And if you listen to us in the podcast, I think I did say I think Sprayberry was a dark horse back then, and then they ended up winning their region. Once Flauge A. Johnson got uh, declared eligible, she took off, and she is she's probably a top 10 player in the state of Georgia regardless of classification. She's absolutely blown up uh, over the offseason. Uh, a junior that's just a six-foot guard can do everything. And then she's got six-foot-two Anna Vereen inside who's a double-double threat, and um, has some more uh, Amaya Johnson, a three-point shooter. Uh, some more pieces coming back as well. So I think Sprayberry is going to be really good um, as a dark horse. And if I had to look at a a team that's you know unranked, um, I think we'll we'll touch on that in just a second. As far as my teams that are just missed, we'll touch on those dark horses. Um, but sticking in the top ten, I think Sprayberry, and then even Lovejoy. And we'll touch on them when we talk about transfers. I think Lovejoy has a chance to be better than what people expect, considering how they lost Anaya Boyd and Genesis Bryant. And so now let's not keep the people waiting here, Kyle. Who are the teams just on the cusp of that top 10, maybe 11th or 12th in Class 6A? Oh, yeah. So, again, there were uh, a lot uh, of teams that were right there. And a team that I think has enough – of an argument they definitely could have been in the top 10 i just picked rockdale um just because i think they have a little bit uh, more coming back and they were playing in 7a basketball and they've seen some of the biggest biggest boys biggest girls if you want to say as far as top programs go um but heritage conyers is deserving of being in the top 10 you're looking at a team that finished 18 and 11 a year ago uh, their top five is back. They have Bethune-Cookman, uh, All-State forward, uh, Sadie Harrell coming back. They have Kristen Gaucher, who's just a spark plug, uh, you know, great point guard that plays both ends of the floor extremely well. Uh, those two really lead that team. So Heritage is the number one team that I think just missed out. But other teams that were definitely on my radar, uh, Cambridge uh, with Jordan Dudley, um, who really made a huge impact as a freshman, averaged over 15 points per game. And she's a she's a Shannon Titus clone, I, I'd say. I Just super long. Think of a player like that who's a defensive player of the year at Mercer right now. But a super long wing uh, that just changes games, especially in the press with her length and her athleticism and ability to get to the basket. Uh, she's really good. And Angelina uh, Co-Francesco is supposed to be coming back, so it's a good two-man core. Uh, right there 
for Cambridge. And then Paris Miller transferring over to Johns Creek, joining Carson Tangalig, I think is going to make Johns Creek and Kirk McCall a, a dangerous team, a team that really peaked at the right uh, time last year. And then lastly, Alexander, Abby Crawford, Chloe Pollock, Caleb Brown inside is uh, a player that provides a lot of length and a lot of upside, both offensively and defensively. And then Taylor Caldwell transfers in from Douglas County, a five foot ten wing that should really help out Coach Dal Smith. And Kyle, our last topic before we wrap it up here. I know the um, transfers list on the girls' site, sandyspiel.com, does not have a lot of names, but it does have at least one that you wanted to mention here. Uh, yes, yeah, so we, we just talked about Paris Miller quickly for Johns Creek. She really had a terrific offseason, had high major offers really piling in, uh, a 5'10 guard that came over from Luella, uh, and she looks a lot more confident, a lot you know better with the ball. Uh, when I saw her play twice with Luella, she kind of got in the doghouse with turnovers, and she hardly even played in the final four down the stretch until she sent the game uh, to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so she's she's gonna put Johns Creek right back on the map. But Layla Hood, six foot one, coming over from Elite Scholars Academy to Lovejoy, um, that is going to be a really big piece for Coach Sed King. She averaged 19 points, 16 rebounds per game. She was the best rebounder in the state of Georgia uh, a season ago. She's super quick off her feet. She's strong inside. Um, she can do a lot of stuff. She's got to make sure she plays within herself, doesn't try to do too much, but she's going to be a huge impact player, especially, you know, bringing her to join Brianna Hardy inside. So Lovejoy is really going to have the paint locked down and then they have some good guard play as well. But uh, that Layla Hood transfer is going to be key, especially when you're looking at region four, which is just murderers row. When you have number one Westlake in there, you have, um, Number four, uh, Langston Hughes, who returns all their top players. And then Lovejoy coming in at number seven. Um, they're going to be really, really tough. And I think Layla Hood is really going to be able to propel them into a good seed heading into the state tournament. Kyle, as always, I appreciate your insight. That will wrap it up for Class 6A. Class 7A has already been posted. So if you want to hear about 7A preseason analysis, head on over to that podcast. And 5A and subsequent classifications will be posted in the next follow in the next couple of days following this same sort of schedule. Um, until that time, you can find full analysis online. And please subscribe at sandyspiel.com. You can find Kyle on Twitter at KyleSandy355 and at Sandy Spiel. And as always, we appreciate you listening and interacting with us, providing us feedback. Um, Until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.